Hey, everybody. It's the Charlie Kirk Show. We start a little reflection from Vegas, but we also talk about the Senator Lankford's border bill and also what is going on with Iran and the unfolding crisis in the Middle East. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. Start a high school or college chapter today at tpusa.com. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com and subscribe to our podcast. I recommend you become a member. It helps us out a lot. Go to members.charliekirk.com. That is members.charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Our Turning Point Action team is live in Vegas right now. We're going to be cutting to that. Steve Bannon is about to speak. I was there all day yesterday. We had a packed day of training, of meetings. It was incredible. And for those of you that are not caught up to speed, it's the Restoring National Confidence Summit in Las Vegas, Nevada. It is the epicenter. It is the nerve center. It is the closest thing to a war room, a strategy session that we as patriots have had in quite some time. The RNC has failed us all. The RNC does not have an attitude to win. The RNC has these meaningless meetings. And in fact, I'll be very honest with you. I have. I have grown in my intensity against the RNC in the last couple hours because I see more and more people coming up to the camera and they thank Turning Point Action for giving them the data, for giving them the specifics. But it shouldn't have to be this way. There are these people that are coming up and saying, I have never received a piece of data from the RNC of what precincts to hit or what strategy. We're doing individual one-off meetings. And this clip really tells the entire story. Praise God for Tyler Boyer and for Turning Point Action, and for the whole team there. And also, I want to make sure I mention this, because far too often people say, oh, the donors are terrible. No, no, no. We have great donors at Turning Point. We have very successful, wealthy people. They're not necessarily in the majority of the donor class in this country, but they have given generously, and they gave generously to Turning Point Action and Turning Point USA that allowed us to do this event. And they stepped up in December, and we had our big event, and it allowed us to do this event and to scholarship a lot of these county chairs to come out there. So I just want to thank all the amazing donors that have stepped up and given $100,000, $500,000. And it goes to ballot chasing and helps pay for a lot of this. By the way, it's the best investment. So just look at this clip right here. It's so powerful. This is a patriot who says the RNC has never done anything for us, but now we have our marching orders. We have the equipment to win. Play cut 22. Thank you to Turning Point. I've learned more in one day than I have in two years. What, as an what, RNC what, okay, what are Thank the what, what are two or three things you learned that you? you oh uh, my didn't gosh! Know so, so they have the Turning Point data people have 
dug down to precinct level, six precincts of mine that had target voters that were likely voters in 2016, 2020 that did not vote, and they're Republicans, down to 25,000 voters. I can hit those six precincts now with my walk list. I've never gotten that dug down from the RPOF or the RNC. Turning Point has done it. I'm taking it home to my people, my precinct captains, and going out and doing this now. 25,000 votes. That's amazing. It's huge. Huge. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Charlie Kirk. Thank you, Steve, for everything you do. And by the way, there's story after story after story we're hearing from that. Last evening when I spoke to this amazing group at Restoring National Confidence in Las Vegas, brought to you by Turning Point Action, we have this young man, and he says, I'm the county chair of Milwaukee County. By the way, if we lose by 1% less, 1% less in Milwaukee County, that's 50,000 votes that we don't have to make up in the other parts of the red state, red votes in the state of Wisconsin. We have the county chair of Waukesha, Terry Dietrich, who is quoted in Politico saying Turning Point Action is giving the data. They're giving the training. I feel so much better about how things are going. He says the national RNC, they were telling us that all these things were coming. And it's really... To be honest, the deeper that we dive into this, the more we realize not only were they doing very little, what they said they were doing actually wasn't even getting done. You count, you, you talk to these grassroots, they say, they say the RNC was doing trainings. They never did a training in our county. Now, some, by the way, what uh, that patriot, that woman just said there, she said, hey, you know, the Turning Point data team, that's important to know. We've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars at Turning Point Action into world-class data. And it's not that hard. Just, you know, spend some money. You got to buy the voter rolls, buy the precinct data, do some cross analysis. We have a whole team of data crunchers. One day I should actually do a show live from the Turning Point Action data room just to show you what they're doing. And it looks like a tech company. It's not that overly sophisticated. The RNC has nothing. The RNC, I don't know what they're doing. They're buying flowers or other things. We have Jennifer Van Lahr coming up next hour. She'll tell us what they're spending their money on. But you gotta, you gotta supply the grassroots with the technology, with the data, so they can win, so that we can win. And we are just blown away by, first and foremost, we appreciate this relationship, the relationship with the county chairs, the relationship with the precinct committeemen, because this is how we're going to win. This is the greatest untapped asset on the right. And I'll be very honest with you. It is much worse than I realized in the grassroots as far as the RNC is ignoring their contempt. They want nothing to do with the rank and file. They want nothing to do with you. I mean, I must have met with well over 100 people yesterday coming up and I asked them, I said, just to be fair, I mean, come on, has the RNC ever done anything? They said they lie to us. They don't supply us with anything. We are alone. I said, well, what state are you in? They say, oh, Georgia. Georgia. You can't win back the civilization without winning Georgia. And we have the county chairs. We have 17 county chairs from the state of Georgia right now in Vegas. And they're getting, they are getting supplied. They're getting fired up. They're getting the data, the technology. We're playing to win, everybody. And it shouldn't have to be this way. It shouldn't have to be this way. The RNC, after many attempts, we try to meet with them. We try to say, hey, do these things differently. And they said, oh, we're already doing this. And we said, you guys are not doing this, okay? And they said, and then they attack us. In fact, the RNC sent out a statement in the Washington Times calling Turning Point keyboard warriors. They say we're just keyboard warriors. I think, well, that woman would disagree. Those are not keyboard warriors. These are the people that actually make up your party. But it's not a big shock. The RNC regime, they have contempt for the voters, for the grassroots. For what reason, you can only speculate. And it, it feels as if they're more like controlled opposition. And 
there's another important element here. Let's put the ideological component aside, which is the RNC and the regime, they're lazy and complacent. And I realized this when I started to really get into politics because, I mean, I work pretty hard. I traveled 3,000 days in the last decade. I don't take many days off. Now I honor the Shabbat, which has been a lifesaver for me. But I, I put in a lot of hours. No one outworks us, period. That is rule number one at Turning Point. No one will outwork us. But I assumed in the first couple of years that everyone works really hard. Like, Why would you ever do something and not do it for greatness? And this was just young naivete. And I said, oh, my goodness, there's a lot of lazy people in this world. They don't want to be excellent. They don't want to flourish. They don't want to be great. And that culture is all throughout the RNC. They just are kind of okay with being mediocre. They're not trying to be the best version of themselves. They're not hustling. There's a lot of people that just want to work in politics. They want a nice title and prestige and to kind of ascend to a comfortable place. And some of these people, I'm not saying they're all necessarily bad. Some of it is an ideological thing, but I I want to put that aside. Some of it is just, it's a culture of mediocrity. These are not people that would be, these are people that should, you know, go work in a very comfortable cubicle job, maybe for the Department of Interior. That's basically who staffs the RNC. You know who staffs Turning Point Action? Cutthroat people that would be able to survive a surge of Elon Musk at SpaceX or Tesla. These are young, 24-hour on-call killers. And that's one of the reasons why the RNC is so confused by this. Basically, they're, they're annoyed that a group is working hard because they think it's making them look bad. Well, yeah, we put more hours in than you. We want it more because we're sick of losing. Winning is the ultimate goal. We're not in this for any other reason. The RNC attacks us. Oh, you guys are a bunch of keyboard warriors. Okay, well, we're in the grassroots. We have, we're hiring 300 full-time people in Arizona. How many people is the RNC hiring in Arizona? One, maybe two. We're playing to win. We're playing to win, and we are releasing the grassroots from captivity. The grassroots have been in captivity. They've been demoralized. They de- they, they have a lot of energy, but they're not really sure always what to do, and they feel as if the National Party is working against them. But we have your back, for those of you that are precinct committeemen, that are state party chairs and county chairs. This event has gone far better than I could have imagined. And I see what the missing piece is. I see why we've been falling short. We have an RNC that doesn't care, that doesn't play to win, that turns their back on the most important part of our political party, the grassroots. Okay, Kirk fans, I need you to stop and pay attention to this. If you deal with exhaustion, brain fog, mood swings, or food cravings, if you're constantly getting sick or simply lack the zeal you used to have in life, then I have some news for you. While back, I found a liquid supplement called Strong Cell, and it changed my health in a very profound way. I take it every single day. Look, I knew I had to partner with them. I did the research. Google and look up online what happens when you mix NADH with CoQ10 and marine collagen. It's simple. Every area of your body has cells. So if your cells are healthier, then you will also be healthier. You don't have to take my word for it. Listen to one of these testimonials. After taking strong cell for six weeks, I found improvement in many areas, less shoulder pain, improved mental clarity, increased natural energy, and so much more. I'm thankful that Charlie Kirk recommended this to his listeners. Rebecca says, I absolutely love strong cell. At first, I didn't think it would make much of a difference for my chronic fatigue, depression, and anxiety but I thought I'd give it a chance. I've tried to find depression meds for 10 years, and since you strong cell, I'm feeling better than I ever have on 
depression medication. Customer for life. Thank you, Charlie Kirk, for recommending this product. So there it is. You've heard from me directly and some of the users who have seen their lives changed by Strong Cell. I personally recommend taking it every day for at least 30 days. Uh, I take it every day before I go on the air, and it's helped me in more ways than I can even name. Each of our bodies is very different, so I would recommend you give the supplement at least two to three months to see the changes in your body. Go to strongcell.com and learn more for yourself. That's strongcell.com forward slash Charlie. And don't forget to use discount code Charlie at checkout to get your special 20% discount for Kirk listeners. Or you can call 888-596-0155 to order over the phone. That is 888-596-0155 or visit strongcell.com forward slash Charlie. As a side story, which I think is really important, we need to talk about Senator Lankford's bill. So Senator Lankford from Oklahoma has decided that he wants to betray the voters of Oklahoma. And he has now gone out and said that it's internet rumors as to why people are getting so upset. Now, this entire Senate negotiation is repulsive. It's repulsive. It's one of the reasons why we need to fix the RNC and make the RNC and the Republican Party in alignment with its voters, in alignment with you. Lankford is saying that this is a good deal. And again, we don't really even know what the deal is. We don't even know what is in the essence of the deal. What is the deal exactly? What is in the, the details of the deal? Well, they say that we can cut off borders. We could close the border if it's more than 5,000 a day. I want you to think about that. That means they are acknowledging and admitting that they can close the border. So supposedly the deal will give special emergency border shutdown powers to the government once reachings Border crossings could go across 5,000 a, which means they're telling you it could be zero. They are telling you in broadcasting it could be zero. This is pure and simple hostage taking. So we'll only have half of an open border. So what is Senator Lankford doing here exactly? Well, there's suspicions that he's going to run for governor. Well, that's not going to work. His political career is dead. He can go become chairman of some pharmaceutical board or some sort of oil company in Oklahoma. He's done. His political career is over. Senator Lankford will never be taken seriously in any sort of political context. He was lied to by Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell deployed him and said, oh, it's going to be just fine. And Senator Lankford is now defending it, but we don't even know exactly what he's defending. And then he's attacking us for attacking the thing that is obviously what is in the deal. But he said, I'm not going to give you the actual specifics of the deal. Also, they say that migrants could be granted exceptions for humanitarian reasons. Well, yeah, that won't be abused. If you give a loophole, they will maximize it. Why is Senator Langford negotiating the suicide of our civilization? Why wouldn't Langford say, yeah, if it's not zero, we're not negotiating. Thanks, Chuck Schumer. Where is Senator Langford's actual loyalty? Is it to the people of Oklahoma? Or is it to Mitch McConnell? Senator Langford goes and he goes on these Sunday shows and says, oh, you know, these are, this is a great deal. And you know, we need to make sure that we're negotiating in good faith. Well, they're not negotiating in good faith. They are allowing our country to be invaded on a daily basis. They are allowing the overflow of illegals, foreigners, drugs, fentanyl. And Senator Langford says, you know, we have to do this. And by the way, we're going to increase permanent work visas, which will codify amnesty. 
It will make it nearly permanent. This bill codifies the dilution of our national identity and undermines our sovereignty. Now, one good part is the deal would require asylum cases to be considered within six months. Right now, it takes years on average. But what keeps them from picking judges who will grant every asylum petition? What this bill admits is that we could have a totally secure border and zero people crossing into our country. That is what Senator Lankford is acknowledging. But he's also acknowledging that, well, we won't, we'll get halvesies. We'll have 5,000 a day instead of 12,000 a day. Senator Cruz goes after Senator Lankford. Let me be very clear. Senator Lankford, if he's going to go and resign and go become governor, the grassroots, including myself, I will actively campaign against Senator Lankford. His career is over. He needs to leave politics. He needs to just step aside respectfully. No one should trust him. He is not one of us. He is not a patriot. He is not showing love of country. He is showing in the most broad and clear way that he cares about loyalty to Mitch McConnell, corporate America, and the open borders lobby than to you or the people of Oklahoma. Play cut 23. This bill normalizes 5,000 people a day coming in. 5,000 people a day is over 1.8 million a year. That's called an invasion. By the way, under Joe Biden, we've had 9.6 million. So the great Republican compromises were for two-thirds of Joe Biden's open borders. We'll let in 6 million instead of 9 million. This makes utterly no sense. It's well said, Senator Cruz. And Senator Cruz has always been a great friend of this program and a turning point USA. Great respect for him. What is Senator Langford doing here? Oh, it's because Mitch McConnell needs money to Ukraine. The most important thing for Mitch McConnell is money to Ukraine. So he thinks if they show a little bit of a little border deal, they're admitting we can close the entire border. We can seal the border. The border can be completely secure, but we don't want that because thou shall have open borders is the prime directive of modern American politics. No matter what, the Supreme Court, corporate America, the U.S. Senate, we will keep the borders open and the foreigners will flow. Dark clouds are gathering as markets shudder. Stocks are sinking and currency stumbling. Fear and uncertainty reign. The Middle East, Ukraine, Taiwan, the debt, it is endless. Yet one asset historically stands firm. It is gold. In crisis after crisis, gold is there in the background. It's enduring value guards against loss, like a missile shield against incoming. If paper wealth burns, gold has shown the strength to persist. Noble Gold says to shield your savings against looming threats, war, recession, contagion, and avoid the frenzied panic of the unprepared. Noble Gold says take control in the chaos. Brave warriors say that fortune favors decisive action. Noble warns to get a hold of gold now before the price could be out of reach. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free three-ounce silver American virtue coin with each every new IRA. Claim your free coin today as this new storm gathers, panic looms, and some of the places you were thinking of for your money. Well, they don't look so clever anymore. We balance our asset mix to shield a future from disaster. Research opening a Noble Gold Investments IRA to claim your free bullion coin today. That's noblegoldinvestments.com now. Noblegoldinvestments.com, the only gold company I could personally speak of for their service. Colin does an amazing job at noblegoldinvestments.com. Okay, I want to talk in other news as we have this amazing event happening in Las Vegas and we have Lankford that is selling out the voters of Oklahoma. There is war looming in the Middle East. Over the weekend, there was a suicide kamikaze drone strike that went after three American service members and tragically killed them in Jordan. 
Now, this seems to be an escalating conflict. Uh, Joe Biden and via Tony Blinken says that there is going to be a response and there will be a, a measured, they say, and methodical, but very uh, over time response. And I, I, it's just a terrible tragedy that these three Americans were killed. I do have to ask the question, why was it in America's necessary national security interest to have military bases in Jordan? What exactly about having military bases in Jordan makes America a stronger country? Do we have military bases actively operating and stopping the invasion via the cartels into our country on the southern border? And yes, they are directly related. Yes. Because when these three American service members were killed, immediately John Cornyn, tragically killed, it's terrible. There's no other word for it. As soon as these three individuals and these three patriots were killed, John Cornyn and Lindsey Graham come out like a bunch of lunatics saying we have to bomb Tehran immediately. Where is that sort of gusto towards the cartels? And I'll be very honest. It is when three Americans are killed, a response does feel justified. But then you have to be consistent, Lindsey Graham. What about the Americans that are held hostage in Gaza? or that were killed by Hamas? Or is it just so happens that you're looking for an attack vector against Iran and that's always been your goal? I want to play some pieces of tape here so you guys can get some context. Let's first just go through the facts. Play cut two, please. This is the deadliest attack on American forces in the Middle East since the October 7th Hamas massacre. As you mentioned last night, a drone strike killed three U.S. troops and wounded 25 at a base in northeast Jordan near the border with Syria. That's according to the White House. President Biden releasing a statement moments ago, which says, quote, while we are still gathering the facts of the attack, we know it was carried out by radical Iran backed militant groups operating in Syria and Iraq. Nikki Haley responds. She says the very first strike that they hit, you punch back and punch back hard. You go wherever those missiles are and you take it out. It's not about starting war. It's about preventing war. Play cut six. What would that mean in practice when you say Biden, you say Biden didn't do something? What was that something that he should have the been doing? The very first strike that hit, you punch and you punch back hard. What they should be doing is going after every ounce of production of those missiles, wherever those missiles are, you take that out. You just keep right. you take out the training sites. You go and you. But does that risk escalating a war? Does decisions. that mean striking Iran directly? It means striking the resources that are allowing them to hurt our troops. That's what you're doing. But yes, you're going Iran is a really big escalation. And you go troops. after wherever those missiles are, the production, wherever it is in Iraq and Syria, you take that out. It's not but, starting war. It's actually preventing war. But, Brought to you by the same people that gave you Iraq and Afghanistan, the debacle in Libya, displacement in Syria, Vietnam. And so, look, I, I want to just put part of that aside. As Nikki Haley says, you know, just the anger that she has towards it. And by the way, I, I share that anger. I do want to just examine the psychology of Washington, D.C. for a second here. Why is it that they get so fired up in this instance and they don't get fired up? with what happens on our southern border? That is the most important question. I'm not saying you shouldn't get fired up when three American patriots are killed in the Middle East. It does beg the question, why are they in Jordan and what were they doing there? I would love an answer to that. But when we have 110,000 Americans die of drug overdoses every single day, hundred and not every single day, every year, 110,000 Americans die of drug overdoses. And we have rapes and we have murders and we have illegals and foreigners killing Americans every single day. And more importantly, 
Why don't we care that Iranians are coming across the southern border? Why don't we care that people from Kazakhstan or China are coming across the southern border? If we're so quick to say that we must strike Iran to be consistent, shouldn't we be really fired up that Iranians are walking across our southern border every single day? John Cornyn and Lindsey Graham came out and they said, hit Iran now, hit them hard. John Cornyn says, target Tehran. Okay, that's your position. It's a ridiculously irresponsible, reckless position. But John Cornyn and Lindsey Graham, to be consistent, do you support military strikes against the cartel, their drug manufacturing capabilities, their base of operations on the southern border where they are obviously impacting the homeland? You got to be consistent. So Lindsey Graham and John Cornyn are all about escalating a war against Iran. Do you believe in military strikes, surgical precision, Tomahawk missiles, drone strikes? I'm not saying I support that against the cartel. I'm open to it. I'd like to see the pros and cons. They certainly deserve it more than Iran does. So what is it about Iran that gets John Cornyn and Lindsey Graham fired up? Well, of course, the war lobby, they need to make profits. They need to hit their earnings. Let's play another piece of tape here. Just listen to this language. We will not tolerate an attack on U.S. forces. We'll take all necessary actions to defend U.S. and our troops. I agree with that. However, it's hard to take what they say seriously when you're actively being invaded and they seem to co-sponsor it. Play cut seven. I will not tolerate attack on U.S. forces. And we will take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and our troops. Now... At this important time, I'm glad to be back uh, at the Pentagon. I feel good and am recovering well, but still recovering. Boy, he sounds very, very weak. I want to play another piece of tape here. And by the way, who made this situation? It's just these people are unbelievable. It's the most dangerous the Middle East ever has ever been. I wonder what it was when you guys inherited it. Donald Trump had peace in the Middle East. None of these actors were doing this stuff. He had it perfectly balanced. Play cut 15. I would argue that we've not seen... A situation as as dangerous as the one we're facing now across the region since at least 1973. This all right here, Joe Biden's going to play into. Now, I'm not saying that the American government was behind any of this stuff. I'm not saying that. But the seizing of this narrative is helpful because every day that they get to talk about abstractions abroad is a day they don't have to address the border crisis that was bringing down their numbers. That was bringing down their popularity. Think about it. On Thursday or Friday of last year, we were talking, last, last week, we were talking about a clash between Texas and the federal government. By the way, Joe Biden still hasn't cut the razor wire. He's allowed to, but he hasn't. And now Joe Biden is super focused on escalating a war with Iran. What is, what, what does a response look like? What, what, what is the retaliation? And even, cause I got, I got a message here from someone I really trust. And I like him. And I'm just going to read the text message. And we disagree on a lot. He's a good guy. And he says this. He says, so does America first now mean allowing terrorists to murder three American soldiers without any response? And it's just like, okay, again, I don't like the fact that these three patriots were killed. But like, spare me the moral outrage while the homeland is being just completely overrun. Again, three patriots. It shouldn't go without response. But hold on a second. Let's pretend that it's as cut and dry as that. Just from a very simple question, do you trust this government 
to execute a military strategy? Do you trust Lloyd Austin and Joe Biden to be a steady, cool hand to navigate this? That alone should give you pause. Lindsey Graham is screaming like a lunatic from the rooftops. Hit Tehran and hit hit Iran and hit them hard. I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. John John Cornyn says target Tehran. I want you to understand the significance of what John Cornyn is suggesting here. First of all, he's from Texas, a border state that is currently being invaded. He represents Texas, allegedly. Number two, that would be the equivalent, the equivalent that when we hit Qasem Soleimani, that Iran said, target Washington, D.C., target it now. This is their capital. This is their capital. This is not some sort of military outpost in the hinterlands. And let's play this out, John Cornyn. Let's say we hit Tehran. We have reasonable evidence in front of us to show that there are sleeper cells here in the homeland. So what would prevent Iran from activating sleeper cells here in the homeland because you didn't do your job to secure the southern border? Have you thought that through? How many Iranians are in Dallas, Atlanta, D.C., and New York, and they're waiting for the Islamic bat signal to be deployed from Tehran? Let's go back in the campaign. This is Joe Biden back in 2020 trying to scare America by saying Trump is going to try to start a war with Iran. Play cut 28. Donald Trump does not have, let me make it clear, does not have the authority to go to war with Iran without congressional congressional authorization. Without working with Congress, it is not optional. It is not an optional part of his job. Presidential notification of Congress about the need to exercise war powers cannot be satisfied in 280 characters or less. And no president should ever take the United States to war without securing the informed consent of the American people. Democracy runs on accountability. This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all-new PragerTopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial-free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. And now a truly exciting new benefit, my monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. This is where for an hour each month, PragerTopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is only available to PragerTopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Anything to distract from immediate domestic concerns. Anything. Anything to distract from the border. And this is the old playbook. Republicans and Democrats alike have done this. And I want to be very clear. I, I, I sympathize with the argument that you kill three Americans, there has to be a response. I, I cannot find anything morally wrong with people saying that. My criticism instead is about the intensity, the energy, the focus that comes out of nowhere 
when it comes to the border, it's like they're negotiating tax policy. There's no urgency and, oh, 5,000 or 3,000 or 6,000. And they're like, they're, they're negotiating regulatory reform. But when it comes to Iran, it's life or death civilizational struggle. I don't like Iran. Iran's a bunch of bad dudes. So let me ask a question here. What or who is a greater threat to the United States? Iran and the mullahs of Iran or the cartels? And I'm not saying Iran is not a threat. What is a greater immediate threat to the United States? You have to choose. You have to choose one. In life, there are hierarchies. In in life, you rank threats. We have limited resources. We have this insane, this trans-infested military. So can somebody in Washington, D.C., John Cornyn or Lindsey Graham, answer the question, who is doing more damage to Americans? And don't give me this double-speak Orwellian nonsense. Oh, they're both threats, and we both... No, 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 you got to choose. You got a gun to the head. Which would you choose? One has to be a greater... It's not even close, everybody. It's not even close. And people say, well, Iran chants death to America. The cartels are bringing death to America. Oh, the Iran says they want to wipe us off the face of the earth. The cartels are making that happen on a daily basis. I don't, I don't hold the Iranians in high standing. I don't like the whole weird Obama sympathetic to Shia Muslims and you got John Kerry. You got, I don't like any of that stuff. Not a fan. Iran is very low on my list of respect. In fact, I think they are an enemy of the United States. Not the point. The point is when you're at a crisis, you have to triage. So we have to triage. We are, we have a gashing open wound called the United States right now. So let's triage that. Is the most important thing striking Iran because they killed three amazing American patriots in Jordan who arguably should not have been there in the first place and to be perfectly consistent? Why did you not then target the Taliban after they killed 13 people when you withdrew from Afghanistan, Joe Biden. 13 Marines were killed when you recklessly withdrew from Afghanistan. Why did you not bomb the Taliban right after that? You have to be morally consistent. They killed 13 Marines, one dirty bomb. That was the Taliban and their associate terrorists. Why didn't you go missile strike the Taliban headquarters? Or is it just with Iran, you start to pump your chest? No, there's been zero moral consistency. Moral consistency would be, wait a second, Hamas is still holding American passport holders hostage. Why is it that the cartel gets zero emphasis, zero focus? We just kind of shrug our shoulders. We say, yeah, it's the cartel. You will debate 5,000 a day, 6,000 a day. Yet when it comes to Iran, all of a sudden, it's a seething bloodlust. It is this maniacal revenge campaign. As if Iran is killing 110,000 people in America a year. They're not. You can make an argument that the Chinese Communist Party killed a lot of people. We haven't responded against them. From COVID to the lies to fentanyl. You can make an argument the cartel's doing that right now. The morality of D.C. is so weirdly screwed up. What gets you a presidential address? What gets you massive amounts of response? Three American soldiers killed in Jordan. All of a sudden, we just go to a a threshold. But no, but not 13 American Marines killed when we're pulling out of Afghanistan. That's just kind of like, oh, that's just the cost of withdrawing. 
move on. Is Are we ready for another quagmire? Are you ready for an Iraq war on steroids? Are you ready for your son or daughter to be deployed 5,000 miles away while we are being invaded and nobody cares? Because that is how Lindsey Graham and John Cornyn are talking. And Joe Biden very well might be sleepwalking us into the Iran war. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening. God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.